0: Hey guys, this is Will. This is going to be another fun, packed episode of conversations about dot, dot, dot. Are you tired of hearing about politics? Are you tired of hearing about the craziness going on in the world? Do you need something to lift your spirits? I hope so, because I want to do that for you today. We want to to really get together and kind of do something a little bit different. Uh, We're gearing up for the holidays. So, of course, when it comes to the holidays, you know, it's one thing just to be like, hey, I need a toaster. I need an oven. I need an air fryer or whatever. But it's another thing when you're shopping for geeks. And so we just want to give you a few ideas on some things you can get for your geeky friends, your geeky family, your geeky loved ones. So this is what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about a lot of geeky gifts, suggestions that we can get you to maybe help you kind of steer you in the right direction. To help get your geeky friends awesome stuff for the holidays. And we greatly appreciate you rocking out with us. Uh, This is episode 94 of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. Continue to tune in to enjoy. Hey, have you ever wondered what it'd be like to have a conversation about geek topics, pop culture topics, hot topics, or different things like that? You ever thought about what it'd be like to have a group of people you could talk to about these things and engage? Well, guess what? Now you have a chance to do that. Thank you for joining us on this trip and welcome the conversations about dot dot dot. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, before we get this started, I just want to tell you about an exciting new tool that has helped, and it is also a sponsor of the podcast Pod Decks. Pod Decks are a deck of cards that you can use to get everything from ideas to podcast topics to ideas for would you rather questions and other exciting podcast stuff all the decks of cards you can use to help grow your podcast and more importantly come up with ideas when you're running dry old ideas so what you want to do it's and that's also a great way to support the show by the way go to www.poddex.com use the promotional code join the conversation and get 5% off of your order so that's www.poddex.com join the conversation for the promo code for 5% off your order you will not regret it Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to a must-listen-to episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. I am Will, and then today we're going to be talking about holiday gift-giving for your geeky friends and such, but I'm not alone. I've got uh, two of the most awesome people on the planet that are going to help me to talk about some other geeky gifts, because you know I, I know some things, I don't know everything, and I'm glad I've got people around me that know a lot more than I do when it comes to geeky stuff. So, Roscoe Bros, say hi to the people. Hello, everybody.
1: It is us, the Roscoe Brothers, again here on Will's Podcast. I am Jingles
2: Roscoe. I'm Smider Roscoe. We know geek things. I I like that his intros are getting more and more benign.
1: They're becoming more
2: like... Actual, actual people. Like,
1: oh, these are people. Yeah. They're not
2: like. I like, was worried there for a second because he was something. all like, I don't know everything. And I thought he was about to say, They know everything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to talk to two guys that know everything about <laughs> geek culture. And we're like, no. But you know, he did right by us. He, he saved did. it. He was all like, it's like You're some other nerds. Yeah. You're yeah. some other nerd. I self identify as a nerd, but I can also know a few geek things as well. That's
1: fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could dig that. All right, so let's talk about some gifts. I want to start before we start. I talking about gifts. I want to say we are praying for the family of Alex Trebek. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit ago, before the recording, found out that Alex Trebek passed away at 80 years old. He had been dealing with pancreatic cancer, and so him and his family you know, and everything, of course, been dealing with that. And so we just want to take our, you know, offer our thoughts and prayers to their family as well. You know, uh, I saw a really interesting interview that did, did with Michael Strahan did with him. Uh, one of the things he said was, you know, you can't be afraid of life. You can't be afraid of death, but you can't be afraid of life either. And so you have to just live. What? And so I thought that was a really interesting perspective on life, especially when he was already dealing with the pancreatic cancer, yet he would still go and host the show and everything else. And You know, it's kind of like when Chadwick Boseman passed away. You know, I've heard people say, well, who's going to replace him? I'm like, "Uh, I don't want to to get into that yet. But I feel like if anybody would replace him, it would probably be like Ken Jennings, who was the guy who pretty much was like one of the best, you know, people ever on the show. So I don't know if that's something he would even want to do. But, you know, hey, if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And I fully understand either way. So I just want to share my thoughts and prayers. Did you guys watch Jeopardy much? Uh, Not a
1: lot. I was never super into Jeopardy. Um, so We
2: were more of a Price is Right family. I
1: did watch a lot of Price we is Right. We did watch
2: a lot of Price is Right. Hey, let's talk about Price is Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Drew Carey. So Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, Alex, what's funny is that it feels like the legacy of Alex Trebek has, like, it's outside of Jeopardy as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Because... It. I mean, Jeopardy has been all over media, and all over shows and TVs and movies. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate any time that they have him outside of the Jeopardy setting, mm-hmm. which is rare. Yeah, a
0: rare sighting well, they, of they, Alex they're Trebek they're...
1: outside of his natural habitat. There he is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny they talked about the fact he was a very private man. You know, of course, he really didn't. Go out and do a whole lot of press stuff unless he specifically wants to talk about something specific. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't do a whole lot of interviews during his career. And so I thought that was really interesting. You know, he didn't go out and do a whole lot of like you know, like some people hosting things. You know, that's kind of becomes their thing. It's like I host this thing, so I'm gonna go out everywhere and talk about this thing I do. But he just kind of kept to his family. You know, he would show up to stuff. You know, like NBC was. Doing awards and stuff like that. Of course, he'd show up and different things like that. But it wasn't like he went out of his way to go show up to that stuff. So I thought it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I my when I got I was like a junior in high school. My mom started watching Jeopardy a lot, so I learned a lot of things off Jeopardy and stuff. I just really didn't know because there's a lot of stuff on there that I. Didn't and some cases don't work. It's not like I learned it there that day and just kept it in my memory forever but right. it's like there's things that you can to learn from watching the show and you're just sitting back going wow I didn't realize that such-and-such-and-such-and-such and such and such and such was this yep, you know, and so You know one of the most touching moments uh, on the show I think it was right after he had come back from dealing with pancreatic cancer the most recent time mm-hmm. and uh, like He asked a question he talked about uh, internet euphemism. He was like, "Name this internet euphemism that uh, describes affection or something like that." And so, all three of the people at the same time wrote, "We love you, Alex." Mm. On the deal, and so they all knobbed in. It was like the final question, and so it's they Alec, put that in there. Alex, right? uh, uh, Alex, yeah, yeah, no, Alex Trebek. I
1: don't... I thought it was Alex. It should be Alex. Alex Trebek. It's
0: Alex Trebek. Yeah. yeah so anyway we love you alex huh. and so they did that and like he just he he had another question i think and he choked up during the midst of it it's so like he was just kind of like you know he's like i don't mind choking up whatever things get like that he says but to say it's have a copy off guard just how much i was loved for doing something that's so mundane compared to what other people do in the world you know, and it's just like you, you 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 think about it in terms of the fact that you entertain. Cause I think he started on the show like 1984. Yep. We've been doing it for a while. So, and he had been hosting for a really long time. And so, just to feel like that what he did was very mundane, you know, his level of entertainment, what he brought to a lot of people, and to feel like it's a mundane thing is just interesting. But I want to just wrap it up with what, again, was kind of what he said beforehand. And I'm paraphrasing the quote we basically said that you know it's one thing we're all gonna we're all gonna leave this world we're all going to die so don't be afraid of dying but more importantly don't be afraid of living because um, especially in that situation I would hope that would be something that would encourage people mm-hmm. in the midst of everything that's been going on around us is you know just you know we got something called life man don't you know it, it and it's not easy i know there's a lot of things going on in our world right now that could put you in a lot of places mentally and you feel like giving up, and you feel like throwing it in the towel, man. But you know, there are people out there who've walked this thing out before us that have shown us that, like, you you keep you keep getting up, you keep moving, you keep growing, even if you don't feel like it. Because sometimes when you don't feel like it, that's the moment you need to move harder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. So live. I mean, the man hosted the show literally till he died. And would have continued hosting it had he lived, you know, like he like he struggled with the stuff with pancreatic cancer, but he didn't let it get him let it let it get him down. It kept going. Mm-hmm. So I would hope that would encourage your body that was listening today. So anyway, we're talking about geek gifts today. Geek so gifts. We're gonna, gift gifts. So I'm gonna suggest for the comic book fan two things. And then I want to let the rascal bros suggest something as well and anything in that realm and then we're going to kind of go from comic books to video games to movies and then anything else uh for this is this is because we haven't done a weekly recommendation in a while as well so i kind of figured well for holidays you know people just need to know some things are out there that they can get their hands on mm-hmm. so i'll let that look go after i'll start us off here in the month of december um uh, there will be a book that comes out, I believe it's on December the 2nd, called King in Black. Now, the King in Black is a series that Donny Cates started about five years ago, building towards. Uh, Donny Cates has been writing for things such as Thor. He's been writing for things such as the Silver Surfer Black series that he did. He's been doing some stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy. He's been doing stuff with Venom. He's been doing stuff, and, and you notice the pattern is, is that He's been interweaving this story of this character named Null in all of them. So basically, if you've seen the Venom movie, or you've read it in the Venom comics, uh, for those of you who hopefully know or don't know, Venom is a symbiote. Basically, there is a symbiote that is an alien symbiote that comes from someplace, place, and you know, they end up on Earth. They end up infecting. The first time we really see the black suit is in an old school comic called The Secret Wars where Spider-Man's suit gets damaged and an alien machine creates a new black suit but no one is aware that this black suit is actually an alien. So he ends up coming back to Earth after Secret Wars is over and all this stuff starts going down. He realizes the suit is an alien sentient being that's on his body. And, like, he loves some of the benefits that the suit gives him. Like, he can change clothes at will. He doesn't have to put clothes on. He can just literally say, hey, I want to wear a black suit. Of course, all the stuff's in black. But even then, it's, like, it's affecting his mental state as well. Like, he's becoming meaner, he's becoming more aggressive, things like that. As time goes on, he realizes what he's becoming, and he hates it. So, he eventually goes through, gets, goes to the church, and then from scene for Spider-Man 3, he goes to the church, and He's ringing the bell, and the suit falls off, and Eddie Brock is a reporter-slash-photographer and gets fired from the Bugle because of some wrong information on an article. And during this time, he basically goes through this whole thing where he's just, he's not in a good place. And uh, all of a sudden, the Venom suit falls onto him and begins to consume him. Well, Donnie Cates has been working on this whole concept of this character named Noel, who is basically the god of all the symbionts. And he's been slowly mentioned in all sorts of different books over the last five years. In different books. And so what's happening is, in December, on December 2nd, we're going to get the first book in what's probably going to be a year-long storyline going into Marvel Comics going into 2021. Where basically Noel is awake. Null is mad because the Celestials kicked him off of Earth he was trying to rule Earth and the Celestials said no, you can't rule Earth, you're going to go away we're going to bury you here basically it's always to bury the bad guy somewhere it's never just outright annihilate him it's always like, no, we're going to put you away somewhere for a long, long period of time he's straight up Rita repulsed and now he's back to life and he's basically coming back to Earth to take it back over with the symbiotes and all this stuff that he has, I, I've just seen a bit of Null because I actually have the trade for the Thor, the it's called the Thor God Killer series, and so it's a big thick trade that has the first I think six volumes of the book in it, and so Null is basically imagine Venom, but imagine Venom if Venom was the god of all the other symbiotes, and imagine if he had the powers of all symbiotes plus. He had the power of Celestial. And then he's basically coming back to the world to take it on big, huge, gigantic symbiote-like dragons. And so that's the series that's going to start on December the 2nd. So if you've got a comic book fan that's been kind of following this a bit, following that rabbit hole, then this is the payoff for five years' worth of work that Donnie Case has been doing for Marvel. So you're going to get the chance to see him pull this story together that you've been seeing in bits and pieces here, here, and here. And I didn't realize until about a year ago what was actually happening and how he was literally putting a story together that he had been working on since way back here. And I hadn't seen that done in a while where somebody actually set up a story. And a lot of times with a lot of this stuff in comics, it just feels like they're just throwing it against the wall to see what works. But with this, it obviously feels like this man has been building to this for a while, slowly but surely. And now we're going to get the payout for it. So local comic book store, if you've got a local comic book store, I would honestly suggest getting uh, King and Black on your pull list as quickly as possible. Because I don't think I think this is really going to be the big series of books that goes into Marvel 2021. So that's my first gift recommendation. Uh, my second one is a book that has already sold out for first printings the second printing will come out in december as well for the last ronin uh eastman and laird who created the ninja turtles they actually had written a story back before that falling out where they were inspired by the dark knight returns and they were like well what if we did our version of dark knight returns but for the Turtles?" And so, basically, you have this story where you have uh, Shredder's grandson and Karai. If you saw the CG Turtles movie, it's just TMNT. Karai is one of the main bad guys in that movie. I don't think she's in the other movies prior. I don't think she's in the live-action movies, and I don't think she's in the Michael Bay movies. But Shredder, of course, is all over those. So, you've got his grandson, her son now taking over the Foot Clan, which is basically the evil bad guys in the Ninja Turtles world. And the Foot Clan has basically taken over New York and created kind of a dystopian, futuristic, militaristic world where the Foot rules literally with an iron hand. And so, one of the Turtles has somehow survived. We don't really know how the others died yet. But we know that one of them out of the four has survived. And this is the main cast, so, like, I know Jenica is a part of the group now, but Jenica, as far as we know, is not in this story. Because again, this was written 20 years ago, so this was written well before Jenica was created. And so they're basically taking a story they wrote 20 years ago and adapting it, IDW is basically adapting it into a series. Now, the books are, I believe, $8.99 per book, but they're also a perceived format, and they're about 48 pages per story. And they come out bi-monthly. So the first one just dropped at the end of October, the next one will drop at the end of December, and so forth, you know, kind of get the ideas bi-monthly. And so that's a series I would highly recommend. Like I said, the second printing will come out in December as well, and then you can get the second printing of, or first printing of episode issue two. But the print runs are really small on these books. So, again, I would be talking to my local store. I would make sure to get them on my pull list as quickly as possible. Uh, because if it, I mean, they did a print run for the first volume of 130,000 books. Their pre orders well exceeded 130,000 books. So that's why they're having to do the second printing like they are. And so, if you want to get in on this story that I believe is really, I mean, I've read the first book, I can honestly say it's it's a beautiful story, but I want to see where they go with it. And so, if you're a Ninja Turtles fan, I mean, this is the first time we've seen Eastman and Laird really re- with their own written product again since they had their split back in, back years ago. So, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on those, you know, anything y'all want to y'all ask, any questions or anything like that on them? Or?
2: Well, I guess... There technically wasn't any rule about restricting recommendations to just one per category, but uh, I don't really have any questions. I'm just giving you a hard time, Will. Um, That's (laughs) fine. I was like, oh, I I honestly thought you were going to pull out like a third recommendation somewhere. And I was all like, well, now I feel inadequate because I only have one per category. No, and uh, you're fine. No, I you're know. Good. I know, it's not a big deal. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, well, I'll probably check out the Turtles one, to be honest. I've heard stuff about uh the symbiote gods, and but it's made it that, like, uh, that Turtles one sounds a bit more interesting to me. Yeah, a lot of people
0: yeah. are making...
1: It's making a lot of waves right now. Right on. A lot of people are really excited about
2: it. Right on.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I would say it's probably the hottest book out this year that people didn't know was coming out really unless you were, I mean they solicited it back in April for a July printing and then because of issues with COVID and stuff like that it got pushed back till October so
2: alright mm-hmm. uh, who gets the next recommendation
0: or are you, you going to just go through all of yours right now Will? No, I was just doing my two comics, and then I was going to let you guys go from there. All right.
2: You okay. want to go first, Britta?
1: Sure, I can go first, Breda. Okay. Uh, so, um, when it comes to trying to buy geek stuff for people, mm. a lot of people that consider themselves geeks these days are kind of younger people um, that um, aren't so well-read in, in a lot of the older comics and stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I've mentioned before I don't read the new stuff that's coming out, and honestly, I personally wouldn't recommend anything that's coming out now mm. or is about to come out we because we have no idea how we it's don't good. know how good it's going to be. Right? You know, we got to just kind of hope and trust in yeah, that case. Yeah. However, there is a large backlog of really good comics yeah. that you can buy now. Yeah. Um, and what I've been doing uh, is I'm slowly trying to amass a collection of what i consider um must-haves as far as comics go yeah and and books that i i have been told like the writers and the artists understand these characters on a fundamental level and write them very well so who who
2: who are you recommending? What <laughs> are you recommending? Thank you, Will. <laughs> I am
1: uh I just recently bought and finished reading uh Superman Red Sun, the comic. What's that
2: about?
1: Um, it's a, it, a what-if story. Ah. And it asks the question: how would things be different if Superman didn't land in smallville
2: so it's in said the united like in, states in gotham or something no what shut your face where's he landing he lands <laughs> in the ukraine during the cold war soviet
1: russia soviet well the ukraine the ukraine is not a part of well at the time it's the ussr but you know politics are dumb um <laughs> He lands in the Ukraine and a small farming community, ah. and he's raised in the ideas uh, and the the morals of being still a farm boy, right? But growing up in in the Soviet Union, yeah, and having those ideals instead of American ideals.
2: Would it be like, safe to say that it's like a communist backing ideal that he has? Right.
1: Well, that's that's okay. what it would be. It's yeah. Soviet Russia. Yeah. It's about communism and all. Yeah. That um watch out for them watch out uh and it kind of asks the question what if superman did this and um a lot of people really like it Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really good read and i think because fundamentally Mm -hmm. i feel like the writers know superman and we've been seeing a lot of media these days where writers don't know who superman is yeah they think they know Superman. <laughs> Zack yeah. Snyder's all like, I know Superman. And everybody's
2: all like, no, you don't. I know that Superman would always break Zod's neck. Yeah. 100%, 100% of the time.
1: 100% of the time he would do that.
2: What do you feel, without going into too much detail and spoiler territory, what do you mm-hmm. feel like are some of the core tenets of Superman that Red Sun carries over?
1: Um, The core tenets is being for the people. Caring okay. about everyone. Okay. You know. Uh, The Soviet, uh, without spoiling too much, the Soviet Union kind of uses him as like a deterrent
2: at first, but
1: he's still a nice guy, and he still wants to protect people, and as a matter of fact, there are a few moments when things are happening over in Metropolis, like a disaster is happening, and Superman comes all the way from the Soviet Union and helps people. Right right yeah. which obviously we're in the middle of the cold war You're like ah oh, why would you do that
2: don't, don't, don't go help them don't go help the the Americans they're fat and dumb no oh. um let them help themselves yeah exactly
1: like where's their capitalism now <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um but he I, does
1: and he's like fundamentally still a good guy cool and it's very yeah.
2: interesting now um, again without spoiling too much mm-hmm. is it just superman
1: well, it it also shows kind of the, the world in general, with with Superman having landed in the Soviet Union. Mm. Um, so there's other heroes that, that show up, yeah. and, but are different because Superman wasn't in the United States.
2: Like Bateman?
1: Like Bateman. Oh,
2: okay. It's okay. very
1: interesting. And I was telling Smiter... I really, really like the way that they wrote Lex Luthor because I feel like this is a very real Lex Luthor. Now,
2: is he Lex Luthor or is he Lex Luthardovich or something? He's Lex Luthor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, he's just Lex Luthor. He's still in the United States.
1: He he still lives in the United States. So does Lois Lane and all those people. The Daily Planet's still there.
2: It's okay. Okay, but Superman isn't there. Because now you've got that weird political backing between Lex Luthor the American and whatever Clark Kent's new Soviet name is. I don't
1: think they ever actually say.
2: They just oh, call no. him Superman the whole oh, time. Oh, no. And uh, Superman. Uh, the Soviet Superman. Yeah, the Soviet Superman. Oh, okay.
1: Um, And yeah, it's very interesting because like uh it all kind of starts off with lex Luthor being all like you know i don't trust the Soviet superman yeah and uh the united states being like hey you're like the smartest guy in the world like do, do a smart can, thing can, can you do a smart thing maybe uh and like uh, i remember one line in particular that makes me laugh a lot yeah just because of how interesting it is where he says i have no doubt in my mind that if it was different and the Superman had landed in the United States instead, yeah. he and I would be best friends.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
1: he has no doubt in his which mind that they would be been really go- good friends. We would be which is funny best because best
0: depending, on, so depending on the reality and which alternate reality or which piece of the multiverse you're in, uh, Lex and Superman were friends. And so it's really interesting that it kind of plays on that because up until the point where the whole chemical thing he blew you know, Superman blew, tries to blow out a fire in Lex's lab and a chemical gets all over him and makes him bald and then becomes bitter enemies after that. So, mm-hmm.
1: Yep, it all depends.
2: Yeah, but I don't know about that. It's only Red Sun Superman for me now. It's, uh, that's it. That's only Red it. Sun Superman. Right on. <laughs> that sounds pretty, that sounds it's pretty sweet. It's a really good read. Right on. Um, Is it sad? Uh, maybe.
1: Mm. <laughs> Because you know, according to, to to people that have been writing Superman lately, um, Superman's not about hope. No, Superman's all about breaking necks and taking names. Yeah,
2: it just and it's all like and being conflicted about being Superman. Yeah,
1: and be, oh man, it's so hard to be Superman. It's so tough. Oh
2: man, it's so.
1: If just only I Superman had. Really if sucks. only
2: I had a couple of people in my life to teach me simple homegrown values to really ground me. And it really helped me just know where my moral compass is at. Yeah. If, if, only. Only. if well, only.
0: That's a pretty guys, sweet recommendation. But guys, you got to remember, Kevin Costner told him not to fly into the hurricane that he could have flown in too fast enough and gotten him out without anything on there. and to, Because he needed to not reveal who he was. Right. No, stay even over there, Clark. Yeah, even though he could have flown in there and gotten him out and nobody would have known the difference.
1: Yep. He but would have literally no, been the um, to... only person to have seen it. But yeah. no, don't save me, Clark.
0: Don't save me, Clark. I'm, I'm okay. Don't do not do it. So, um, my first exposure to Red Sun honestly, was Heroclix, because I remember playing Heroclix, and there were some of the pieces in it. So I hadn't read it then. So then I read it and, at a library, actually, so I don't own a copy, and then the mo- animated movie came out. And so I picked up the animated movie. So now eventually I'm going to get the the actual physical copy of that book. And then fun fact, if you guys check out the Waller Wong, uh, interview with the show, he actually was an anchor on the book. Mm. Hmm. Yes.
2: Yes. Right on. Good recommendation, bro. Yep. Um, so there's that, um,
1: as well as if you want a good, like classic story of, well, we'll go with Batman. Mm. Um, for people that um, don't really know a whole lot about Batman, but they've like seen all the movies and they think the movies are really good and all that, sure, which he's had a lot of really good movies for sure. Yeah. Um, but for I would say for the Batman fan, um, you should pick up the Nightfall arc. Ooh. Um, if, yeah. you can, if you can get him one of those, like that's a really fantastic read. That's and, pretty pivotal, and Batman, it's, and it's very much like break. what is break. I was talking with Smiter. Um, I'm really, really upset that the only thing people use Bane for these days is I break things. Yeah, so what I do. I yeah. only break things. He's not he's no longer
2: a super genius. Yeah.
0: Which Who planned a whole entire takedown of the one of the greatest detectives in DC universe. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And I I I want a return of that like really smart really uh, powerful bane yeah which they kind of do in um the dark knight rises yeah um but obviously they've made a lot of changes for that as well sure. uh but nightfall is a really good read uh and uh it it shows like what happens when batman is put out of commission like who takes over like who's the best for that and if they do how good of a job will they do with it
2: and oh, that's it. So, that's yeah. easy. We let Robin take over. No. Oh no? no. No. Okay, that's easy then. We let Nightwing take over. No, no, we won't do that. Oh, oh, well, you're this gonna, is getting quickly more complicated. <laughs> this is getting way more complicated. Yeah. And I imagine that once they do actually find out who's going to take over, it gets infinitely more complicated. Very. Oh boy.
1: And it's very interesting. Definitely gets more violent.
2: Yep. And it, uh,
1: it, it really. Uh, introduces a lot of characters for the first. It was the first appearance of Bane, mm. um, and first time that we get like Bane's backstory and stuff like that. Right. Um. And it's really good. Yeah. So, um, I would. That's that's another, uh, comic, uh, related yeah. thing that I would recommend. Um, in that sense. Uh, Bretta?
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, Bane has kind of become. Because of Tom Hardy, the way Tom Hardy voiced Bane, uh, even in the Harley Quinn series that's out for DC with A.L.A.F.L. Max and stuff, uh, they've definitely played more into that comedic side of Bane, the more like, okay, yeah, I sure was born in the darkness, raised in the darkness. I didn't know the light until I was a man type of thing with Bane. But a uh, more recent series, even than that, is called City of Bane, where Bane attempts to take over Gotham. Like, all of the crime underworld and all that stuff, Bane basically does his thing again as far as trying to manipulate the city against Batman and against those that do good in it. So I'd recommend that as a add-on to your Nightfall, uh, because Bane does get that shine again in the comics, at least.
2: I want to see a Nightfall animated movie.
1: I don't know if I want to see any more animated movies, honestly. Yeah. They keep changing things and it's annoying.
2: <laughs> Are we still talking about the killing joke? That's part of it. Okay. But fair there's enough.
1: other ones that have been coming out that I've just like I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like the way they did that. I didn't yeah. like the way they handled that. It's Ooh, weird. Fair, fair enough. But you know.
2: That's me. Yeah. Did you
0: guys get to see the um did you guys get to see the Superman Man of Tomorrow? I no, wa-
2: we haven't watched it yet, and we're not recommending it
0: because we haven't seen it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yet.
0: Well, no, I just, I just asked if you've seen it. I wasn't saying it wasn't Will, was a necessary recommend. Well, I know. Saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, ah. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, Spider. Yes.
2: Oh, that's me. Do you read comics? I don't. I just know. <laughs> <enough. laughs> But do you read oh, comics? No. What's a comic? Oh, what's a comic? I won't. I was just sitting here looking confused at the two of you, just wondering. So it's all like, oh no! Why will? Why will it, read a book if they're just gonna make a movie of it later? That's right. Oh no! Will and Jingles are talking about comics, so I don't know any of that. Oh, oh no! I've never read a comic, but of the ones that I have read. I can, I, I actually, in the back of my head, I need, um, this one's not a very particularly large read, and, okay you know, your mileage may vary with this one, but it was one that I read when I was younger, and that I loved, and it was one of the, sort of, what I felt at the time was one of the, like, the more definitive takes on Iron Man, and it's a small okay. story arc, and in the larger scheme of Iron Man, it's sort of, not nearly as important as like times that he takes on the Mandarin or Fin Fang Foom or the Crimson Dynamo or a bunch of other people that are probably never ever going to get a shot in the films. And now I cry. However, I can recommend Extremis. And the Extremis arc, like I said, is very brief, but it involves Iron Man getting pushed to a point of mental and physical fatigue and damage where the only thing that's left to save him is his genius and it's a moment of reflection for him where he has to uh, it's actually one of those stories that really questions well what is iron man if we take away all the gadgets and make it that the things that what we perceive would give him an advantage in a fight are ineffective against this new foe, who is, for all intents and purposes at the time, invulnerable. Yeah. And it's interesting to see him bounce back. Uh, The art, I've always felt, was gorgeous, and it was part of a run of Iron Man that... Sort of nailed what we feel like is the current look for Iron Man. Mm -hmm. That very sleek, uh, somewhat bulky design that we saw in Iron Man 1.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And that was reflected from the comics of Extremis and that run of The Invincible Iron Man. I could definitely highly recommend that one. And it's nice because it's also kind of short and it's a nice little bit of entertainment. It moves at a pretty brisk and breezy pace.
0: Okay. Okay. Definitely dig that. Now I, now, I heard you talk about that, and I remember, I believe Greg Land was the artist on that series.
2: Uh, I'd have to double-check, but I think you may be right.
0: And I love the artwork from it. I love that. Now, one thing I will say, too, if you want to like sprinkle a little bit of MSG on this, i could always go go down for the
2: flavor enhancer
0: you know and and add a little bit to it as far as dealing with tony uh trying to overcome situations against people who are more outclassed and in some cases more out armored go go a little bit further back and look up all the wars is that your Um, third
2: recommendation will
0: no that's just me adding msg to this one but Uh, you know delicious msg uh, yeah, so Armor Wars basically is the question of what happens if all of Tony's art, Tony's tech got stolen by other people and then was replicated in their suits and such. And Tony kind of goes on this, this is the point where they you find out about Tony's drinking because part of the reason he loses, his stuff gets hacked because he's not paying attention because he's so, you know, trying to deal with his alcoholism and everything that people can get in and, and hack his stuff in order to get his tech. So you end up with the creation of War Machine initially, or not even creation of War Machine, Rhodey's in the Iron Man suit for a while. And because they're also, during that time, you know, people suspected he's Iron Man, and so he puts Rhodey in the suit to throw people off his scent. Well, the problem is, the suit is made for Tony. So it's slowly driving Rhodey crazy, because it's not meant for his body, it's putting a mental and emotional and physical strain on him. And so... Armor Wars is really interesting because you get the first Willy glimpses of War Machine because he has eventually created an armor for Roading, But he's also trying to deal with this while his tech's out there still. So, like, he's literally trying to go after everybody who's got his tech that he's tracked to basically go after them all with very limited tech of his own because he doesn't even trust the tech he has anymore because he's not for sure if it's been manipulated or not. So, that's another... Iron Man piece you could add to that if you want to see Tony kind of dealing with the humanity of Tony Stark. Hey guys, you ever needed skills for different things? You ever thought, I want to learn how to crochet. I want to learn how to do needlepoint. I want to learn how to write a script for this awesome idea I had. You can go to Skillshare and learn these and other things, even things such as physics or finger painting. Any skill that you want to learn, they've got a teacher for it on Skillshare. In the link below in the description of this episode, you have an opportunity to take advantage of two free weeks of Skillshare Premium. Absolutely free. You sign up for it. You decide you don't want to stay with it. Well, I understand. But I greatly will hope you'll enjoy it. And I hope that you'll take the time to do that. Just by clicking that link and signing up, you will help sponsor this podcast. You will be helping us in that regard. So I thank you for that. And I thank Skillshare for sponsoring this particular podcast, Conversations About... dot dot dot. I hope you enjoy, it, and let's get back to the show.
2: So, in the midst of an iron. Is that my recommendation, or is that your recommendation? Because at this point, I don't know if we put it in my
0: category or not. You can have it if you want it. Like I said, I was just booking an MSG on extremists.
2: Because you're talking about extremists,
0: and it's just like, oh, no, that reminds me of this story because it, it's. It, it, it has the same feel, like it's really dealing with you know Tony. I think I think what I and...
1: will, what I feel, uh, is less that you're sprinkling MSG so much as you're adding another plate to the meal. I
0: feel
2: like that's what's going on. That, too. That's it's
1: like oh yeah, but also the but cake. Also, also
2: Armor Wars, <laughs> also <laughs> the Clone Saga from Spider-Man. You get that out of my face. Also, <laughs> I will fight you. Will also, not... Demon in the Bottle. You get out of here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the six-course meal out of extremists just happened. Yeah, that, that's what occurred. <laughs> so
1: I want to. I just want to bring Thank up you. that the art for Extremis was done by Adi Granov.
0: Ooh. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, it was written by Warren
2: Ellis. Yeah. Hey. So Warren Ellis. Right, right He's off. his name floats around a lot. Yep. Yeah, it, it does. And it came out in 2006, which I think is kind
1: of cool. Nice. So it's it's not a super old series. No. No, not no? really. Uh, it came out a few years before Iron Man 1 did. It
0: sure did. <laughs> yeah. Iron Man 1 before, was uh, 2008?
2: Robert...
0: I think so. Yeah. Before uh, Robert Downey Jr. put in a whole bunch of money to make sure that Iron Man looked like him from now on. Because why not Robert Downey Jr. do that uh-huh. thing?
1: Uh-huh.
2: So that was that's uh, your. Uh, I comic? think that's what one of my recommendation was. Okay. Uh, All right, I'm really surprised I didn't hear
0: any Walking Dead from you guys.
2: Uh, I don't really. He doesn't read Walking Dead, and I don't know if I can recommend it.
1: That, the, well, I don't. I don't know if I can recommend Walking Dead. It's a mm. good series, but it makes me sad. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. It, it's
1: really annoying. I think I think people would enjoy it, but personally, I would not recommend it.
2: Okay. Now that, that's fair. I actually feel like because there have been a couple, like we've so far allowed like uh, two examples every time. Mm-hmm. I want to see about digging in for a second recommendation for me. Sure. Um, Go like really, really quick. The the whole thing with with my recommendations
1: for everything. Mm. Um, I'm recommending stuff because it's supposed to be for geeks. Yes. I, I want to expand the geek knowledge.
2: Oh. And
1: not just have like a base level idea yeah. of what people think comic book characters right. are. Right. Um, and so that's my, my recommendations uh, for the other stuff that we're going to yeah. talk about later. It's all about stuff where I'm like, this is a good example of this. Yeah. If you want to understand these characters better, read this yeah. or watch this yeah. or listen to this or whatever. Like... um. This is the core of the character right. and then everything else should be like now that you understand the core then mm. let's take an element of that core and change it slightly and then that's what this book is yeah, more of obscure whatever. stuff you know
2: I like that I like that or people that just don't understand anything and make the movies Yeah yeah No you don't get it Zack Snyder read The Dark Knight once Yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, he read The Dark Knight Returns one time Yep and that's all he needed <laughs> Yeah that's all he needed. Um, actually, mm-hmm. I was going to see about trying to find some manga to represent. Yes, all means.
0: Manga, manga is, is uh,
2: great. And I think um, as I'm looking at my wall of manga.
1: You um, got a lot.
2: It is a lot. You want to do an old series or a newer series? I kind of want to go a little bit older if I can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, this one is one of our personal favorites, Mm -hmm. and it's one of our favorites because it speaks to Jingles and I very personally. There's a manga called Bakuman, B-A-K-U-M-A-N, and it follows these these two young men as they start their manga careers in Shonen Jump in middle school. And the series mm-hmm. follows them as they grow older, they go through writing writing and creative pitfalls, highs, lows, and as they try to navigate what sort of story they want to tell and how they're going to tell the best sort of story.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really it's really interesting and it's pretty informative to how Shonen Jump, the manga company itself, was run at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The art's also really, really, really good. Absolutely amazing. It's by the same team
1: that made Death Note. Yeah, the same um, creative team. Yeah, yep. the same writer and the same artist. Yep, yep. And so, um, it's a very talented team of writer artist. Uh, it's it's illustrated very well. It's uh, the characters are very uh, multi layered and all very interesting. Yeah,
2: and what's fun, I think the best part is that. With all great comics and manga and stories, there's Mm -hmm. always an element of the Extraordinary attached to that. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's just like a supernatural element thrown in. Mm -hmm. Like, here's Mm -hmm. a comic about chess, but the main character has a ghost that helps him. And oh. I thought it was. Don't make fun of Hikaru no Go like that. Look, man! Why does everything need a ghost guide? It feels like everything wants to be Yu Gi Oh! I want to be the Shaman King! <laughs> no, you don't want to be the Shaman King! <laughs> what about King of the Pirates? Can I do that? No, you have to be King of the Beyblades. Oh.
1: What about King Kai? Can I do that?
2: Yeah, you can do that. Hey. Oh, it's me, King Kai! <laughs> Oh, that was awful. <laughs> that was that was, an that was pretty bad. Oh, that was pretty bad. That yeah, was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, so Bakuman, Goku is- don't
1: eat all that stuff.
2: That's pretty that's, good. That's okay. Uh, so Bakuman, I always found very fascinating because there is no supernatural element. There is no uh, spirit that guides these kids. There's no extraterrestrial that. It's a, there's no battles that technically go on, mm-hmm. but it's written in such a dramatic way that. The creative process becomes thrilling. Yep, the way that mm-hmm. each panel is constructed to make it look like these. Oh, and there's a bunch of other artists, and mangaka that they run into that their sort that their stories have to sort of compete against mm-hmm. in order to become like a number one spot and the number one bestseller. Mm-hmm. And it's written in such a fascinating way that all of the creators are interesting people. And all the stories that are right that they write are interesting, and it's almost like their stories are the ones that have to go toe to toe with each other. Mm-hmm. It's very fascinating. Yeah. I recommend it. We haven't even finished it. No, we and we should. It. Yeah, we need to buy the rest of it. And it, and I love it. I've always thought it was great.
0: Yes. Now, gentlemen, I do have a question. Is there like a box set? If somebody said. I want to Netflix this. I want to just straight go in and get a box set or something of this uh, to where I can read the whole thing. Oh, probably. You know.
2: For Bakuman? A, yeah. 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 Uh, they probably yeah. have Omnibus of them. I don't think so. No? I don't think they've ever made Omnibus versions of Bakuman. Yeah. Or you could just buy the individual okay. volumes. Yeah.
0: Okay, I didn't know for sure. I know with some of the companies, they do a big box set. Like, I knew Naruto, they had a huge box. It was all of the volumes of Naruto in one big place for, like, a couple hundred dollars. You know. Things like that. I was just curious if that was the case.
2: But well, Those are my recommendations. That was a good one, brother. Okay. Thank you for the help on that one.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see what I can...
2: All right. Uh, while he's looking hey. that up, uh, Will, what we doing, what were we doing next? Movies or video games?
0: Actually, actually, we're going to do video games, but before you do that, since Jingles is looking for something, I do want to recommend something as well in the land of manga, uh, because I just realized and remembered this. So, those of you who may remember, we did an interview with the team, part of the team for Saturday AM on the podcast, and then they were also at CadetsCon, VirtualCon. So, they have a pre-order set up on their website for their Super Saturday Magazine, and basically, their Super Saturday magazine, all their characters are going to be coming together in a Infinity War, uh, Secret Wars-type crossover where all of those characters are going to be coming together. It's going to be a physical magazine that you'll be able to get with these characters in it. So I want to talk about that as well, not only because I want to promote people that have been on the show before, but also just because I feel like it's a real good thing. You know, you have a company that's... Uh, literally the most diverse manga company ever that has come together to to bring these characters together from all walks of life. Uh, Their app's really awesome as well. If you go to www.saturday-am.com you can check that out. Their app, you can, I believe they have the last five issues of it up for free and then if you want to get like retro packs, I believe they're like I believe for like $3.99 a month you can get like so many of the manga, and then they have retro packs who to going even further back with some of their some of their huge catalog of stuff that they've been doing. And then also, like I said, Super Saturday magazine is going to be really awesome. And I don't know for sure. There might be some art in there for me.
1: So upon looking through Bakuman stuff, I do not see any particular like uh, collected mega thing for uh, Bakuman. You just have to Collect the the twenty Tonkoban volumes. There was twenty in total. Wow.
0: Okay. That's a lot of story about people creating stories. Yep. They had <laughs> ups and downs.
2: Ups and downs. So yeah, Bachman. Final recommendation.
0: All right. Good recommendation to make. Uh, as far as that goes, so. Let's roll into movie. I'm sorry, I said video games. Let's roll into video games, because you guys are going to be a lot more versed in the video game category than I am. I mean, because, I mean, other than me suggesting don't spend money on Fortnite, because it's a trap. Uh,
2: Actually, you do, know. You, do you want to go first, Will? I can. Yeah, okay. Just wait, please.
0: Yeah.
2: Don't, yeah. don't spend
0: money.
1: You'll yeah. be the first the first course. Yeah. And then we will be the main
0: dish. Nice. So I'm like the appetizer. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so basically, first of all, don't spend don't don't spend real money in Fortnite because it's a, it's a huge trap. Uh, it's like the more I play it, the anger I get because like for example, they just offered it, just added like a Ghost Rider skin with the bike as a glider, and I'm sitting so there going, so it's another twenty dollars skin. It's like, they, they, this isn't like nickel and diamond people. This is just straight up just like smacking people in the face and going, give me your money. And I mean, you can't really even earn in-game money in the game. Like, you just have to buy it straight up. Like, you just have to buy it. Now, somebody, say, somebody would say, well, you know, you, you can play the game without spending any money. That's true, but it's not very exciting if you do. So... That's, that, that's the thing there. But uh, don't do that. Don't spend money. Either. I did pick up Tekken 7 uh, a couple week, a couple of days ago because they had a sale on it. It's like 7 bucks for Tekken 7. So I did pick up Tekken 7. If you're in fighting game style, then that's something you can enjoy. I'm going to the story mode now. So I haven't really gotten into the game super much yet. And then the only other thing I can really offer as far as a video game goes um of course i always think of you know gift cards for you know people who are going to like monthly online subscriptions and of course i could just say well you know there is a ps5 and an xbox the new xbox coming out this year but you know depending on where you're at i don't know if that's something you want to do but if you're going to upgrade your system just make sure you're careful about the initial bug bugginess of it because of course with any new system you know is it i don't think the new system is it's xbox one Or Xbox X. What's the name of the new Xbox?
1: Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S.
0: Okay. Not to be be confused confused
1: with the the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S. Don't get those confused.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so basically, if you want to upgrade your systems, you can do that. Uh, There are a lot of really cool games that are going to come out for both of the, the older generation and the new one. There's some that are going to come out with the new, of course, because why wouldn't you? Uh, business stuff. Anyway, so that's what I would recommend as far as video games go. Uh, I'm kind of boring when it comes to video games. I write a lot and draw a lot and read a lot of comics and such. So that's more that's more the the uh, Rasco effect going on there. They're definitely more of the gamers than I am. So I will let them take it over from here.
1: I've never played a video game.
2: I don't like video games. <laughs> <laughs> so. Did they got that um, new Pong?
1: Did, did, did it got that new Diddy game? Yeah. Shout outs to Allurea. Let us play Pong. Um, so. Um, one thing that I can really recommend. Um, if you want to go. If you're looking for a console. And if you're one of the few people that have not bought a Nintendo Switch yet. um, Do that. Because it's an amazing system. Um, and it has so many games for it. So many really good games for it. And more good games still to come for it. Um, but if we want to talk about individual games... Um, if we're, we're focusing on the geeky side of things. Which video games themselves can be kind of geeky. Um, uh, but if we wanted to focus on like very geeky stuff... Uh, Spider-Man for the PS4 is an amazing game very very good um really nails down that they understand who spider-man is and what um what he's all about as well as introducing a whole new interesting story and recontextualizing uh certain characters uh and i think it's really good it's the new spider-man 2 for the playstation 2
2: i find that it's uh more these days a good sign if the game or piece of media in question doesn't feel the need to revisit the origin story.
1: Right. I think that's a big deal.
2: Yeah. Uh don't show
1: us I, I don't want to see Uncle Ben die again. Yeah. Stop it. Don't yeah. do that. Admittedly Marvel's been better about that than DC has. Yes. <laughs> um but for uh Spider Man I, I I would I have considered it to be the, um, Arkham, uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, uh, but for Spider-Man and, and that like, they bring in, they, they tell a whole brand new story with pre-established characters, uh, but they also bring in a lot of characters from the comics and recontextualize them in an interesting way. I've, I feel like uh, Insomniac really understands Spider-Man and, and pretty much did the same thing like they did with Batman and made this open world environment where you go and you solve crimes and you, you help people and um, you know uh, the main difference is, is that there are some non-criminals uh, in the Spider-Man game uh, so you don't want to mm-hmm. go around and beat up everyone whereas in like uh, Arkham City you're there's only criminals in there so yes. everybody you see you want to beat up yeah um yeah which is very interesting yeah it's a, such a good game too. And it's
2: fun how they make new york really feel alive yes that yeah.
1: new york is kind of its own character in this. Or
2: people doing yoga yeah
1: people doing music
2: on the on, on the, the streets, streets and, yeah you know you, they, sometimes
0: you're saving people out of back of cars because criminals lock people up in the trunks
2: Yep. you know like
1: real new york yeah like actual new york yeah. <laughs> um so yeah uh spider-man for the ps4 uh very much looking exciting for uh, looking exciting i'm very excited for miles morales which will be coming out on the ps5 on launch when that's released that looks really good um it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game and uh I would recommend getting a PS5 at launch because, one, it's it's already going to have some really good games coming out for it right away. And two, it's 100%, well, not 100%, 99.9999% fully backwards compatible with PlayStation 4 games. They have announced there are eight PlayStation 4 yeah. games that are not backwards compatible with the PS5. That's right. All the other ones are. are
2: absolutely backwards compatible.
1: So, um, you could even conceivably trade in your PS4 for a PS5 and still be able to play all your games.
0: Right. So Nice. That's me. Alright, it's my turn. I play too many games. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you the game snob of the group? Are you like the uh, uh, you are like, a
1: <laughs> No, if he was a game snob, he would only play a couple
2: games, not every game. Yeah, like he does. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, a uh, 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 fine respawn point of them oh, all. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen oh, oh, my high build? It's Dark Souls. <laughs> 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 my recommendation is tough to narrow down just one, because i I've I you know I play either decent or good games, right? And that's not to say like oh I haven't Bergamol days. It's just that. I tend to do quite a bit of research into what I'm going to play, and yeah, there are a couple that slip through the cracks that just wind up being more tedious and boring than anything else. But uh, even those are really functional. Um, and what's I'm I'm looking at my at my catalog right now, and uh, there's been a lot of games that have come out recently that have been um, sequels to something. And I Mm -hmm. always feel conflicted recommending that. Uh, However, I gotta recommend something. Uh, For the I'll recommend two. One for the Switch and one for the PS4. Okay. For the Switch, I would say Mario Odyssey.
1: Mm, Good game.
2: Mario Odyssey is another great step forward when it comes to 3D Mario platformers.
0: Catchy music, too.
2: Oh, terrific music. Beautiful music. music. Terrific music. And it's probably the one that handles the best, I feel. It's uh, probably the most optimal Mario game that I've played. Mm -hmm. And what's nice is that it kind of has a co-op mode. Kind of kind of it's really rudimentary and really simple and there's really not that much you can do with it but it's there in case you have somebody that isn't as good as as you to play with
1: yeah it reminds me galaxy kind of has the same thing a little bit huh? Yeah.
2: oh yeah because you just you could yeah. shoot <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's true but I recommend Mario Odyssey for the switch good game for the ps4 that one's uh, pretty tricky, man. The PS4 has got st- is stacked with such good games. It is. It was a pretty. It was a pretty good console. You know, I I'm trying not to recommend Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, even though it's <laughs> one of my favorite games, hmm. in like my favorite series. Right. Like gameplay is the best that it the series has had up to this point.
0: Right. Okay. But,
2: however. It's the fifth entry in a very, very, very deep narrative. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. not even the last entry. Nope. Like chron- chronologically, the last entry in the series.
1: Yeah, chronologically, it kind of sits almost in the exact center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is funny.
2: And if so, that's confusing, watch
1: our streams. Oh boy, we explain it. <laughs> Will.
2: <laughs> William. <laughs> hey, I thought I was so few. tickled when you. Uh, When you said, uh, "You know, I don't really have the patience for it," and I just thought to myself, "Well, then watch us do it." Yeah, watch us play. (laughs) Um,
1: The the vods are on my YouTube channel, so you can kind of you should be able to catch up on the story if and when you have some time to.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm.
2: Actually, I'm not sure I can recommend Metal Gear Solid Five, but like gameplay, it's terrific. But the story is it's going to be it's the probably the worst one you could jump into. Yeah. However, if you're looking for more of an easy breezy sort of experience, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima is a pretty good game. Yeah, it, I've heard I, I've heard a lot of good things about that one. Now I'm not going to say that it's revolutionary. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a
1: it, weeb game for that was made by Weeb's for Weeb's. Yes.
2: So it, you know because it was made in the United States, but it's so Japan. It's so Japanese. Yeah. It, it's our interpretation of Kurosawa films specifically yes. but it's uh it's a fun game the gameplay mechanics aren't the I would say the mechanics ceiling is kind of low but mm-hmm. the your ability to pick up on the game is is pretty quick um, they also did a massive addition to the game recently in a free update where they added a bunch of different multiplayer modes Mm -hmm. and co-op yep and so i would say i recommend that for the ps4 for now yes okay and like we said it's hard
1: because the ps4 has a lot of very very good games it's probably it might be one of playstation's best uh console generations as far as quality games go yeah there, there's
0: a lot of really mm. good ones. Okay. Okay. That's, that's really good to say. I was going to mention also, you know, this weekend, I believe, and they're probably extending it a bit, uh, is Extra Life, where a lot of people are doing different gaming streams and things like that, raising money for different charities and things like that. So if you're out there, you know, there's somebody that's doing Extra Life and you want to support them and different things. I know Space Cadets in Houston is doing it for the Texas Children's Hospital. But there are other places all around that are doing it, that charity for different things. So if you're into gaming, consider checking that out because I'm sure the people that are doing the gaming would greatly appreciate your support for whichever organization is the, organizations that they're raising money for. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that out there. And then I'm going to say this. Gentlemen, it has been fun talking this stuff with you. Uh, obviously, we didn't get to everything we wanted to today, but guess what? That's what part twos are for. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, basically the sequels are never better. To, <laughs> never. You
2: know, Well,
0: eh, eh. I'm looking I at like you, Spider-Man Re- Two.
2: I'm looking at you and Power Strikes Back.
0: <laughs> Woo! boy! That, that's a that's a tall order. There, I was gonna say I like Spider-Man Two better than Spider-Man One. I know. But I think a lot of that has to do with um, you know Doctor Octopus and the way he kind of brought this family element to Peter and then turned on him over time.
2: Dude, spoilers.
1: Whoa, spoilers for an ancient movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I I do think that Um, Spider-Man 2 is better than Spider-Man 1.
0: Yeah. I don't like Spider-Man. So, but but anyway, so we're going to come back and continue this next week's, next week's show because we want to continue to give you some more geeky gift ideas. We may revisit some things on comics, but more importantly we're probably going to get into more like movies and other things that you can get into for those geeky in your life. And uh, so, gentlemen, thank you as always for coming on and sharing your vast knowledge of uh, things and different things like that and uh, always appreciate your encouragement and also your um, your ability to try to find the softer side of life, even in the midst of the craziness. Mm-hmm. So, greatly appreciate you guys for that. Now, uh, by the way, before we totally, totally wrap this up, I almost forgot, the last week's question for the Poddex question of the week was about food. And what your favorite Thanksgiving meal was. So Thanksgiving food was. We had a few comments. So what I may do is I may hold that over until next week. Okay. Okay. So just so you know, we're paying attention to you. And that way it gives people more time to think and more people to interact. Because I've got a couple of different posts out there for it. And so we're trying to make sure that everybody has a chance to talk about their favorite Thanksgiving foods. Because, of course, we're in the holiday season. So I want to make sure we're talking about not only just geeky gifts, but we also want to talk about things we're thankful for. So... Anyway, guys, it's been an awesome time. I really appreciate you guys getting out here with me. And uh, I appreciate you guys for listening as well, those who are listening to the show. So interact with us. We're climbing toward 100 episodes. And so any way you can interact with us would be great. And we greatly appreciate you. And above all else, do me a favor. Be blessed. Be a blessing to somebody, guys. Take care. Hey guys, it's Will. I just want to first of all say thank you so much for being fans and thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. But just so you know, if you enjoy the Rascal Bros with me on these podcasts, trust me when I tell you that their podcast, Mythos Podcast, takes the volume and cranks it up to like 11. So if you want to get in on an awesome podcast about geeky pop culture-y things, musical things, anything your nerd heart may desire, then by all means, go check out Mythos Podcast. I'm sure those guys will greatly appreciate it, and I know I will as well. So take care, guys, and see you back in for the next part of this episode. This episode is powered by Poddex.